Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am C.L. Whiteside, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. If this is your first time joining us today, thanks for tuning in. Now you can be doing a lot of different things, but praise the Lord that you're with us today. And for those who have continuously or listened to the podcast a few times, good to have you back. Something that I want to point out that I actually really enjoy. And if you ever are in this position, make sure you do this. So sometimes people who listen or watch the podcast, they'll see me out and they come and introduce themselves to me. Say hello. Say what's up. Always love when that happens. Uh, shout out to Jesse for doing that. And then the people that have written reviews, left comments, I definitely try to look at them and, and check them out. Shout out to Miss Johnson. Shout out to Felicia. Saw the comments that you wrote. Um, let's get into our first world problem question. Now, this is something that I've been finding pretty cool, too. Uh, going out to graduation parties, you know, eating out a little more, uh, getting together with friends. People will bring up first world problem questions and we'll actually discuss it a as a group. And that's that's definitely cool to be able to talk about God's word, even if it's a little hypothetical or in a different setting. And, yeah, we've been bringing first world problems to, to actual real life and, and discussing that. So maybe you could check that out and, and try that. Our first world problem question today is going to continue that theme of the LGBTQ plus month of pride, pride month. And something that I noticed, something that you might have heard about are the companies who tried to support LGBTQ plus. They caught some backlash. I think Bud Light was one of them. North Face was another one. And I think the latest is Target. Might have been at the end of May. So Target wanted to have an entire section dedicated to LGBTQ plus um, attire, clothes, shirts, hoodies, the whole shebang. Now, they caught some backlash. They caught backlash first because people were like, what in the world? You should not have this stuff in this store. I, I can't stand this. They, they were in uproar about it. And then they caught more backlash because they took the LGBTQ plus stuff out. They took that section out, I guess. And they said they took it out because customers were getting violent. Customers were threatening the employees and, and the workers there. And it's like, even if you don't agree, you shouldn't do that. You should not do that. So our first real problem question today is this. Do you think or what do you think is the best way, the best way to disagree with something like this when you don't like it? I'm going to tell you this right now. It's not cussing them out. It's not um threatening the workers or their employees there. They just there to, to get a check. But remember, everything you get a check for ain't good. You just got to remember that. You have to remember that. But but what do you think is the best route? Now, just looking at this target, they backlash is real. I heard they stock went down like some billions of dollars because they did this. And yeah. And I think the big thing was over this thing called a tuck friendly swimsuit. I had to Google what in the world is a tuck friendly swimsuit? So I guess that's when a man is transgendering or moving over, transitioning to a female and he needs to tuck away all his goods. So the tuck thing is wider, I guess. Yeah, I'm sorry for painting that image in your head. But yes, I guess that's what a tuck friendly suit is. And what some people were complaining about, like you have this in the kids section, you shouldn't have this in the store. Kids can see this. But then I read some articles that said it really wasn't in the kids section. But should they have had it? I mean, I'm, I'm not with that. But yes. How do you think they should have went about it, though? Like I said, don't cuss people out. Now, I'm always just like, why didn't people, you know, write a letter to the CEO or or call somebody? Or, you know what, breaking news, you can just go to a different store. But I want to hear from you. What would you do? 
what do you think your best or what is your philosophy with this with this type of thing? What would you do? And just remember, it says this in the good book in Titus three, verse 10. It says, warn the device a person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. But I want to hear from you. What's your philosophy? What would you personally do? Remember, I love to hear from you. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. My handle is Champion Life 23. I want to hear what would you do in this situation? How would you treat Target? Would you still sharp at Target? Would you try to contact the CEO? Let me know. And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is Frenemy. Some of you are like, what is a frenemy? A frenemy is a friend. It appears to be a friend, but they're actually an enemy. They're actually working for the opposition. They actually don't have your best interest in mind. Or even if they have their best interest in mind, they're not giving you what you need to support and encourage you in the way that you should be. You should be supported and encouraged. Now, I think there are three different aspects that uh, a friend or anyone can help you or do the opposite of helping you. I think that's from a mental standpoint. I think that's from a physical standpoint. And I think that's from a, a spiritual standpoint. We're going to primarily look at or mainly look at the spiritual standpoint. But if you think about the mental, this would be, you know, the people that make you laugh, the people that you possibly work with can give you wisdom, give you intelligence, give you things of this world that you need to suffice from a mental capacity or mental standpoint. When you think about it from a physical, this could be someone who's helping you with your health or your fitness, someone who's accessible, someone who's who's available, someone who physically can help you. Because sometimes there's some things like if you're a little old lady and you need to move a couch, you need somebody bigger and stronger usually to help you so they can help you from a physical standpoint. And that can allow you to have some type of relationship with them or friendship with them, I should say. And then from a spiritual standpoint, I was going to say, like, um, if you look at this from a compassionate or empathetic standpoint, but when you speak the truth, sometimes that can be hostile and doesn't appear that you are being compassionate or empathetic, but you really could be. So it might look a little different. This is someone who's at peace with themselves. This is someone who's giving you godly perspective and they want to point you towards God. Now, I got breaking news for you. It's very, very hard to be a friend that fits all three of these categories and does a great job at them. Very, very hard. Like we might have somebody who's a who's a trainer. You really don't go to your trainer. I mean, about spiritual stuff. Or they might tell you how to eat, but they don't know how to tell you how to feed your soul. You know what I'm saying? They might be really, really fun to hang out with, but you wouldn't go to them for certain things. Yeah, so it's hard for someone to be all three categories. But if you have someone, you should stop this right now, send them a text, and just let them know that you love them and you appreciate them. Because that's dope to have a, a friend who hits all three categories. I only could think of a couple in my head that hit all three of these categories. Now, I want to look at the first frenemy of all time, the first friend of me, and that's the devil. This is in Genesis chapter three. The devil made friends with Adam and Eve, but he's really a friend of me. You're gonna really understand what a friend of me is after we look at this text. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So one of the first thing that the, the devil does, Satan does, the greatest liar does is he makes us have some doubt. He makes us question God and be like, you know, is God holding out on me? And we forget about the blessings that, that God has. We don't look at his goodness anymore. We want to we'll look at the stuff he's not doing for us. So that's the first thing that the enemy tries to do. 
Listen to how Eve responds. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Now, this is one of the greatest lies that the enemy does. The enemy enemy lies to us and he tries to portray God as being this strict, unfair, unfair, selfish narcissistic type of God, like he's holding out on you. And this is what the devil says. That is a lie. He says, you will certainly not die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So that's a strategy of diversion. It's like when you take in something and you're trying to make it appear way better than what it is. And when something is good, you're trying to make it seem like it's bad. So what he does, is he try to flip it and say, you don't know what good and evil is. God just wants to hold back on you. He's just being selfish. He don't want you to be like him. And let's see how they respond to that. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And what did he get them to do? And this is what this is what he gets all of us to do at times. He look he makes us think about the things that we don't have, the things that we're forbidden to do and not look at all the different ways that God has blessed us. So just think about Adam and Eve. They had who knows how many trees they had. Let's just say they had a couple hundred trees. Let's say they had 20 trees. They had all these different trees they could eat from. Mango tree, the apple tree, pomegranate tree, all these different trees. And they looking at the one tree that they could not have. The one tree that they could not have, thinking that they're missing out on something. They weren't missing out on anything. It says she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. Now, this caused them to hide from their real friend being God. So later on, if you read this text, they tried to hide from God when they realized they were naked and they messed up. And this is another thing that a friend of me tries to get you to do. They try to get you to delay. So what they should have done is they should have been like, man, all right, let's go find God. We didn't messed up, but they tried to hide. A friend of me would try to make you delay and procrastinate and push things off that really need to get done. Like, can you really hide from God? Like, no, come on now. Come on now. Now, on this episode of Friend of Me, I just wanted to think about what are the things that we can be. All right. We can be a friend. That means we can encourage, we can support. And one of the aspects that we're talking about, we're really looking at from a spiritual standpoint. You can be a free agent. A free agent means like a person is not trying to sway you either way. They just there. They just along for the ride. They usually will go with what the majority do or what the majority say, but they really don't have any impact on you. Then you have your uh, frenemy. A frenemy is the most deadly type because they appear as a friend, but they're really working for the opposition or they're really working, um, I would say, pretty much for the world and, and for the devil in that regards. They're, they're not going to give you the, the absolute truth in that way. They're going to give you maybe your truth, my truth, that, that type of thing. And you have an enemy. I say a frenemy is worse than an enemy because the enemy, you're going to know that they are an enemy. You know that they are with the opposition. You know where they stand and they'll tell you why they stand. They'll tell you why they don't agree with you. That's not as bad as a frenemy to me. Now, when you just think and you, you look at people sometimes, like I said, they usually can hit maybe one or two of those categories. So they might be really, really cool to hang out with. They might be someone who mentors you at your job. But when it comes to talking about spiritual stuff, it's like, no, nah, I don't want to hear that from you. These are the type of people that might uh, be a mentor or 
seem to be a friend in one aspect, then they tell you stuff like, man, you need to have multiple women. A man wasn't designed to have one woman. You need to get a lot of them women because, man, look at you, man. You use a use an A plus dude. And that's the type of stuff that our itching ears want to hear. Or, you know, sometimes people tell you, tell you like, what's the point of getting married? You don't need to get married. All marriages is a contract. You don't need all that extra stuff. And they don't mean any harm when they're telling you that. Some of them, some of them do. But it's like you're not speaking the biblical truth. So you're spiritually a friend of me right now. You think you putting me on game, but you're really sending me off. Or someone who who would say something to you like, you know, you really, you really got to live with someone before you know. And if you're going to live with them, you need to test drive that car. That means you need to hit, you need to have sex. And it's like, that's not biblical at all. That's not biblical. Or the people that tell you, you know, it's all right to get high or it's all right to get drunk because, you know, that comes from the earth. And if God made it, then you can do it. But we know that if you look in the good book, it says be alert and sober mind because your enemy, the devil, is is roaming around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. So which one is it? It goes with the word. Go with the word. Go with the word. And I think I've had this happen from a, a personal standpoint. I just think about certain friends and I think about something that sticks out or I remember vividly is like a very good friend, especially from a, a mental and a, a physical standpoint, accessible, available, laugh, be able to talk about education, be able to talk about jobs, be able to talk about, you know, how the world is going in, in a lot of regards. But I remember vividly them sending me off and they didn't intend anything, but I was talking about a relationship, not my, my wife, but some relationships ago. And I was talking about kind of had a crossroad. I'm like, man, I probably need to end this because she want me to put it on her. She want to have sex. And I'm like, ah, can't do that. Don't need to do that. And my friend is like, man, you know, that's really important. You might as well go ahead and hit and give her what she want and give her what she want. And I'm just like, that's horrible advice. That is horrible advice. So I had to put them in a category right then and there. Like you are a friend of me when it comes to this type of thing. So I can't talk to you about this anymore. And that might suck. And that's a hard thing to do, especially when that's a close friend, somebody you have history with or or a family member. But when you know what God's word says, you got to be like, all right, that's a friend of me. You might not even intend to be, but you're a friend of me right now. And that's just how it is. Now, this made me think about how how did Jesus handle this? Because this actually happened to Jesus with one of his best friends, Peter. And what makes this so unique or just like mind blowing, this comes from Matthew chapter 16, is just before Peter was being a friend of me, he was being a great friend, like an awesome friend. Like Jesus was talking to him like, hey, man, who do people say I am? And Peter's like, you know, some say you're John the Baptist. Some some people say you like one of the prophets. You like Jeremiah. You one of the great prophets like you, you that do. And then he's like, well, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God, like you are the savior. So he just made this awesome proclamation of who Jesus really is. But then later, it seems to be just verses later, Look, listen to how he responds. So this is Matthew chapter 16, starting at verse 21. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So Jesus is explaining his true purpose. And this is why Jesus is the greatest friend. Think about all the things he said he must do. He must suffer many things. He must suffer many things for who? For you, for me. That's my dog. That's why Jesus is the best friend, the greatest friend of all time. Now, in in verse 22, it looks like Peter wants to protect Jesus. He wants to to, to guard Jesus from having this pain and, and having this discomfort. And sometimes... Our greatest 
temptation is those who want to protect us from discomfort or who are trying to or they think they're protecting us from pain. Sometimes that's our greatest temptation. And that comes from the people that are closest to us. A lot of times they don't want us to experience any type of pain or discomfort. Listen to what Peter says. Peter took him aside. He took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke Jesus. He said, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Like it seemed like his intentions are good. But we know it's not because of how Jesus responds later on. And we don't have to necessarily have this much confusion with this type of thing because we can see someone's intentions and it might be good or it might not be or it might be good or it might be bad. But we just look at God's word. Like, what does God's word say? If it goes against God's word, forget the intentions. Is, is it right or is it wrong? Jesus goes on to say. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. He just called his boy Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely humans. So you don't have the concerns of God. You thinking like a human. You're not thinking about the true purpose that I'm here for. You're focusing on the world. You're focusing on us kicking it and having a good time. When I just told you all the things that I need to do and all the things that I have to do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Now, this is a non-microwave truth that God was giving them, that Jesus was giving them. And non-microwave truth was this. Don't try to protect yourself so much that you spiritually die. So when we're on this earth, don't try to protect yourself so much that you spiritually die. Because the number one aspect, the number one focus is our soul. It don't it doesn't matter if we gain the whole entire world, but we lose our soul. And that's what he was just reminding his disciples about, like, keep first things first. Now, when we have these different relationships, we have these different uh, friendships, different people. It's like, what do we do with this? Well, I think the first thing is we have to place them in the, the right category. And what I mean by that is you have a great friend who's good for your mental aspect. Remember, they're a good friend for the mental aspect. If you have a great friend for the for the physical aspect, you keep them in the physical aspect. You have a great friend from the spiritual aspect, you keep them in the spiritual aspect. Like put them in categories and it's okay to put them in categories. I think sometimes, especially when you have friends of long time or family members, especially you want to put them in all three categories. It's like they might not be good for all three categories. Put them in the category that they belong. I think the next thing is let them know, like especially when they are, from a spiritual standpoint, being a frenemy or, or an enemy, you, you have to let them know. And don't just stop there. Pray for them. Pray for them. Forgive them. Love them. But stand firm in the truth. Stand firm in the truth. Don't um, cower down for them. Don't don't try to suppress who you are based off of what God is telling you. Like, that's not what you do. You you speak the truth and love to them and you let them know. I think at times, though, you, you do have to be real. And you might have to limit your accessibility to them or you have to even the playing field. So what I mean by this is you got a group of five friends. You all get together and you look at these group of five friends and four of them are the four of them are spiritually. It's not good. Like they are they are frenemies or enemies. It comes a point in time then where you got to be like, all right, either I got to kick it with less of them or I need to bring some more friends who can speak the truth in love, who can speak God's worth, who, who knows God's way, because that can be draining and that can mentally bring you down. And all of a sudden that you start questioning yourself. So that's what I mean by even the playing field. Ask some more friends who knows God's truth and God's God's ways for sure.
for sure. So because when it comes down to it, there are some things that we just have to remember, um, period, uh, about the whole entire thing. And when you are in this position, you just have to remember, like, give them grace, though, because at one point in time, we were an enemy of God. We were an enemy of God. But we just got to remember that the grace that God showed us, that he gifted us with faith. And because of the Holy Spirit and what he's done for us, that's how our faith continues to grow. That's how we get that's how we get preserved. And when you think about the, the work of the Holy Spirit and you think about like how he's gifted us with that, that makes you that allows you to show grace to somebody else. So you look at them like, dang, man, they are an enemy. You have grace for them then. Now, something just to remember, too, is because of what the Holy Spirit has done, because of what Jesus has done for us, that has transformed and that has renewed our mind and, and our thinking. And that's one of the reasons why we have to keep sharing the, the gospel with people, especially those who are our frenemies or enemies and we, that we have identified is because the Holy Spirit can do his thing with them. Then. He can renew. He can transform their way of thinking and allow them to be that that friend that you need from a spiritual aspect. But it only comes through the Holy Spirit sharing the good news, sharing the gospel with that. And one being we got to remember to do Matthew 5 verse 16 tells us in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and they can glorify your father in heaven. Don't dim your light. Allow your light to shine. Allow the Holy Spirit to work through you and to be that flashlight that they need to see in this dark, dark world. And one of the big things I got to point out in this episode of Frenemy is that who's the ultimate friend is Jesus. The greatest friend we can have is Jesus. But we got to remember, like, we didn't go find Jesus. We didn't go make Jesus be our friend. We weren't like, man, I'm so good that Jesus, like, oh, I got to go be their friend. It's the exact opposite. Jesus found us. We didn't deserve to be his friend, but he still made us his friend. Like, we didn't do anything to earn his friendship. So something for us to remember keeps us humble, keeps us uh, focused on that grace and, and the good news that we have now. When you think about uh, from the frenemy or the enemy standpoint, there's this lie or there's this question that they oftentimes ask. And I've heard so many people ask this. They say, you know, why would I want to be friends or why would I want to serve a God who sends people to hell? And it's like, that's where we're just going to stop at. You got to look at all of the facts, especially with a question like that. And the first thing we got to realize is that Jesus did all of the great things to be a great friend. He did all of the things that he was not even supposed to do, but went above and beyond to befriend us. And the first thing we got to look at is just like how much he sacrificed for us. The fact that he sacrificed not just for me, not just for you, but for every single one of us. Sacrifice for people that would still reject him. Greatest friend of all time. Greatest friend of all time. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. This is the NLT version, Romans 3, verse 25. It says, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. When they believe in Jesus. The second thing we got to remember, like this relationship that we have with Jesus, is not a give and take relationship. Like, like I said, we didn't earn his friendship. This is one sided. This is lopsided. 
I sin all the time. You sin all the time. You have millions of sins on your record. You know how many sins he has? Zero. So it's not like we're doing something for him. It's not like we earned it. And like, man, he's like, I got to be with them. They're so cool. They're so awesome. They're so good. It's like, no, we're not the exact opposite. And this is the NLV version. Second Corinthians five verse 21 tells us Christ never sinned, but God put our sin on Jesus. God put our sin on Jesus. Then we are made right with God because of what Christ has done for us. So we're right because what Christ has done for us. It's nothing that we do for him that makes him right. He was already right. He was already good. He was already perfect. Everything he did is for us. And the third thing we have to remember about Jesus and the relationship that he wants and has for us that is that he ultimately wants the best for us. Like if we look at the facts, if we actually look at the facts and we got to go back to Adam and Eve. God has always provided us with more than we need, more than enough, and gave us everything that we need. And you go back to Adam and Eve. He gave them everything they needed, everything they could, could imagine. But the enemy lied and said, you're missing out on something. So it's like, who are we going to believe? Are we going to believe the one who is the greatest friend and has proved that by dying for us, by sacrificing for us, by humbling himself to even come on this, this earth for us? by loving us despite all the different times that we have poo-pooed on him and been horrible friends like we haven't earned anything like who are we really going to believe in this we're gonna believe jesus or we're gonna believe the enemy whose whole mission and this is the perfect example of misery love company is to lie to us is to get us to reject the friendship that that christ has given us who wants us to be in prison with him, who wants us to eternally burn and to suffer and to die. He's saying right now, I can give you the best thing ever. When it's like, look at the facts. Look at what Jesus has done for us. Look at how much he loves us, despite us never being able to match his love. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me in this episode of Frenemy. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.